Good morning, afternoon, evening, or wherever it is, ladies, gentlemen, and MBs. Welcome to Warrior Show's second stream, our premium, you know, fine cut hour of podcast discussion. Maybe not quite an hour, maybe a little longer. We'll see how things go. Uh, we're here now, of course, to cover yesterday number three, a little bit behind. Um, but we're going to, you know, go through all of the juicy, juicy drama in this episode. And oh, do, do I have feelings on this particular episode? Um, in case you're wondering if I'm slurring, you know, why I might be slurring my words a tiny little bit more than usual, or maybe you haven't noticed the difference at all, in which case, hey, you know, what can I say? Uh, I have actually gone through two cans of Goose IPA in preparation for this, so by the end of the, this particular podcast, I fully expect to not be talking, but making honking noises instead, because I'm going to be drinking a third as we go. Uh, so, I make absolutely no apologies for this, because screw it. <laughs> I'm not being professional today, or ever really, to hell with it. Uh, especially not when it comes to discussing this particular episode, but we'll get to that soon enough. Anyway, uh, I'm Shaden, and joining me from across the pond, but close part is, of course, the Subtle Doctor. Hey everyone, um, I am the sober one this episode. Uh, assuming and you usually sober all role. most episodes? Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. This is my main class, as it were. Um, and... Uh, it's very. Uh, well, how's the weather in the UK? It's very rainy in uh, in Middle Tennessee, and uh, just a very lazy sort of Saturday. It feels like a a perfect day to talk about this episode in particular, but just to do anime podcasts. And I hope mm-hmm. all of you WD listeners out there are faring well and being as safe and healthy as you can possibly be. So you're right. If you want the answer about the weather, it's been very pleasant today to the point where I wish I could be outside in the beer garden, but I can't. Aww. Hmm. Well, well. well, it's fine, you know. I've actually uh, got all the stuff that I need for tomorrow to start reading through um, Anime History by uh, Jonathan Clements, I think it is. So cool. that was something that uh, Navy Sherwood recommended. Shout out to you, Navy. So I will be sat outside with beer or vodka or beer and vodka and a couple of snacks uh, in my little camping chair to read that in the sunshine and take notes as I go. So I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. Although, that no, sounds like no, a really look, cracking time. Knowing my luck, it will piss it down tomorrow, though. So <laughs> what can I do? No way. No, 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 no. It shall not happen. It will not be. <sighs> All right. So, um... If you're coming to this, you know, late and thinking to yourselves, my God, like, does Shaden have an alcohol problem? I'd say, no, it's a, you know, it's a feature, not a bug. It's a lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a mantra. Uh, No, if you're actually thinking to yourself, like, you know, what goes on with this particular podcast format versus our regular stream of form. Second stream is devoted entirely to talking points. We don't go through plot synopses or summary. Uh, We don't do riffs or comments and that kind of stuff. We go straight into questions from our patrons and then talking points. So with this being episode three, uh, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. I mean, come on. That joke was coming a mile off. If only Rico had taken that advice, prick. When I saw the episode title, I just got sad. It's like, we have to do the Hathaway thing again. We do. Like we just we do it so much. Um, also, to address something you said moments before, um, this episode and your state of inebriation will hold nothing on that time that we talked about Ninja Resurrection, which oh shit you don't even remember because no, you I had don't. so much beer. <laughs> I don't remember it, and maybe that's for the best. I don't think we. I don't even think we recorded it. Which is probably good. Um, and then there's there's only 
one of us, I think, on recording drunk uh, beyond what should be the case. And that's me, unfortunately. <laughs> wow. Um, Playing shit. You, know, you, you do realize now, though, that having revealed the existence of this lost episode, quote unquote, of Voridesho riffing over Ninja Resurrection while I'm completely sloshed on the sauce, people are going to be demanding that we do that again, where I get completely tanked on vodka and then just start, like, slurring my words over, you know. Man. Any, so any terrible bad. oh yeah you know i'm very glad i prepared in advance for that one by scrubbing my <laughs> brain clean so that's good um but yeah just to mention something else of course is that as we go along we will provide context where appropriate um in order to make sure that you're aware of what's going on but i would very highly recommend if you've already done so that you do watch episode three of yesterday uh indeed actually episode four is out today so as soon as this is over i'll probably watch that um we are actually going to need, in my opinion, Doc, to have a big discussion before we even get to answering any of the questions or doing any of the talking points about a certain thing in this episode. Okay. And that's not even necessarily to find consensus, but more just so we can flesh out our viewpoints on this. Because here's the thing, folks, right? This episode of yesterday, I am going to find very, very difficult to talk about. And that's not in terms of, like, you know, knowing what to say or the, like, quantity of words I'll be saying, but more because... It's one of those things where your mileage is going to vary more than it usually otherwise would, depending on your own life experiences. Like, the stuff that Haru goes through in this episode, I've been through recently more times than I care to count, even, and I'm talking about it before, of course, the coronavirus and, you know, pandemic hit. Of course. Uh, with the same person, no less. And it... You know, that my bullshit tolerance is non-existent as is. So my reaction to this episode, uh, I'm going to spoil right now, has actually been profoundly negative. And I'm not talking just in terms of that bad shit happens. Like, as I've said before many times on this podcast, characters doing stupid things or awful things or heinous things or cruel things for the sake of the narrative is perfectly fine. But the issue I will take with this episode, which I'll get to later, depending on the outcome of our preamble here is what the message it seems to be pointing across is and where the show seems to put the weight of the responsibility on, you know, getting things back on track. Or who specifically is responsible for doing that. But we'll get to that eventually. So, the first thing we're going to do then is go through oh, this little God. preamble. When you frame it that way, like, I definitely understand how this episode could hurt you. Or anyone, on... really, who's been... Yeah. Because I, like, you know, <clears throat> I had to, to put my personal experience card on the table. I, I also have been uh, stood up. Um, it has not happened at the frequency with which you have told me that it has happened to you. Um, I It happened once. And, you know, the young lady who stood me up did not call afterward, did not attempt to contact me, uh, did not, uh, do you know make any effort whatsoever and um it really crushed me so kind of un unlike uh our protagonist here who you know has does whatever he's supposed to do to like <laughs> like his his kind of half half baked attempts oh i mean he i don't know um Fresh he out makes an attempt raw shit like he makes an attempt right but like i was basically ghosted by this young lady called Angel uh, in college. <laughs> um, it sounds like, it sounds like uh, a dancer name, I know, I, but that was her I should, I government name. I, sh I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh, but government I know, name. Like, what, I was know. she a secret agent? I know. 
<laughs> maybe maybe ding, that's ding, why ding, she's ding, like ding. i really love you but i can't get you involved in my life it would hurt you i you would be a risk <laughs> so, wow if all if only that's what happened no she just didn't show and then at least at least me. when you shoot at least when you shoot the russian agents in the heart they die unlike me uh, i know right <laughs> god jesus but you know no, that's, it, that's, it the sucks. He- that's the, that's the head cannon now that's the head cannon now for your mm-hmm. thing there and it's it's just one of those things that like, and she was being a jerk, but like, it's one of those things that you can standing someone up is like you, whether it's accident. I mean, if if it's accidental or or something kind of comes up, right? Like, it, it sort of almost, in some ways, to the other person doesn't matter, or like the per, the person you stand up, or maybe not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't. Like, you might have the best of intentions for stiffing them and not showing, but it still hurts like hell. Um, yeah. And that sucks. Yeah, it's really hard. No, no, it's bag of shite, basically. So, all right, the first thing I actually want to... I actually am going to do things a bit out of order, even beyond what I've already discussed, though, because there's a talking point that I need to go through with you now, Doc, before we can even have the preamble that I need to have before we get to our other talking points. And I know this is all very, like, you know roundabout folks like you know there's no real structures this this is not the alcohol this is legitimately necessary in order for us to deconstruct this episode properly in my opinion so the first thing i want to discuss to you doc is let's talk about the time that this show is set in and in particular the social paradigm that existed that to be honest does not exist anymore period and no that's not me again referencing the covid pandemic and everyone being said i'm literally talking about the fact that this anime, and I mentioned this in the previous episodes we did, that the manga, I think, came from the mid-90s. So social media did not exist back then. And that's evident from what we've seen in the show thus far. Like, you know, no one has any cell phones. It's all payphones and landlines. So obviously since then, we've now lived in a much more interconnected world than we did previously, you know. I can, for example, get hold of Doc. In fact, no, never mind even gain hold of Doc. I would have never met Doc were it not for the internet as we know it and the means in which we now communicate. Simple as that. Like, this podcast would not exist. Like, let's not even bother about talking about the number of methods in which I can try and get hold of Doc. It just flat out wouldn't happen. So, what I'm curious, though, is that does this diminish um, yesterday's appeal as a show because it isn't set in present day? Because it's relying on, you know... Sim- on methods of communication or the limited av- relative sorry the relatively limited avenues of communication that were present in the mid 90s versus what we have now like can an audience of the modern time like really get behind it because here's the thing right Rico fucks up in this episode and he has no means of contacting Haru nor does she really have any means of getting holding uh, hold of him and we'll discuss that in a little bit that's the preamble I want to get to but things would be different if this show and these events were set in modern times you know, they would have more means of trying to get hold of each other. I mean, from Haru's perspective, she could find, for example, Rico's convenience store uh, number online, ring, speak to, um... I forgot his name again. <laughs> Kenosha. Because, Kenosha, yes, thank you. The speak chief to Kenosha, villain. Say, yeah, speak to, speak to Kenosha, to say, hey, Kenosha, like, you offered me his phone before, can you give me now so I can try and get hold of him? You know, that kind of thing. Or have you seen him, like, there's, there would be more options open to him, more avenues uh, for her to pursue if she wants to try and get a hold of him in this circumstance. But it is indeed said that specific time. Now, I'm not saying the experience that she goes through is, you know, no longer relevant. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience, it's sadly, too, it sadly still is. 
but the means in which it happens and the ways in which you know like the, the lines of communication are available are much more limited than what we see in reality now and is that a bad thing for this show are you asking me yes uh no, i don't think so i mean I, I think there is uh different sorts of value in making this a period piece um so to speak right something said in the 90s um it can have its own kind of appeal um but people still have as as you yourself have experienced like still uh have communication issues um today despite being able to contact each other in myriad ways and not having to rely on pay phones like you could just as easily if you really wanted to make this not a period piece um you know have him lose his phone uh, have him not have signal from the apartment. Um, mm-hmm. There's different things you could do to still kind of make them missing each other make sense in a modern context. Oh, oh like, yeah. I don't. Absolutely. I don't think it makes. I don't think this makes the problem and everything like that like irrelevant. Like it's. Just... Oh no 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 no! I let me start again. I'm not saying the problem would disappear. I'm saying it would just be more contextually relevant to us as a modern audience. Because you say it's a period piece, but. If I may be so honest, thus far in yesterday's run that I've seen, episodes one through three, it hasn't made a massive deal out of that, even though I've said that obviously there's a lot of contextual background information with, like, you know, the lost decade or even the lost, you know, <clears throat> two decades, wherever it's called, like, you know, in Japan. Uh, the fact that, from what I remember, this manga goes on until 2015, so it goes through, like, two different recessions. Like, that's clearly not going to be entirely irrelevant. But thus far, like, the anime, at the very least, has not paid massive attention to it being set in this time. Now, if it is admittedly adapting it directly from the manga, then, well, the manga was written at the time that it's set, you know, it was an ongoing thing. So obviously it's not going to draw attention to things that at the time were present and correct for them. <clears throat> so, I I don't know, like, I'm just thinking to myself that I'm not saying the problem would go away, but most that I'm thinking that it's like a surface level to the context that isn't relevant anymore to us in a modern era. And yet the show, even though it is set at this time frame, it's not making a massive deal out of it, which makes me think like, should it not have then like, you know, in, a, in the adaptation process, brought it to the present day, bring in cell phones, you know, social media, that kind of thing, still have the events play out similarly in their core concept which is that haru gets stood up you know despite all efforts to get hold of riku and vice versa um but moreover like you know the presentation of it and the means in which they try to get a hold of each other would then be more relevant to us as a result i mean i don't think it's any less relevant for being for being what it is I it, like you said it's a surface level difference so to me mm. it doesn't really um change or alter the relevancy of the problem the nature of the problem things like that i mean and you know like i think it the choice to make it in the 90s has i mean you've seen kind of an in my opinion like an aesthetic difference like there are things like cassette tapes there are wardrobe choices people aren't on their phones all the time people don't have cell phones like the world just Hmm. kind of in very subtle background ways feels different and it doesn't make a difference on the narrative but that might have been just the author just wanted to say like hey like this is just what i want my work to be so there you have it and Hmm. yeah i just don't think it's a massive deal 
Okay, fair play then. Uh, so, let's get to the preamble then. Now, passing judgment on the actions of a character in fiction, to me, isn't interesting in of itself. Like, it's not anything worth really doing beyond just, like, banter between friends. But for the sake of critical analysis, it's not usually in my opinion, all that relevant or interesting in its own right. But I think it's necessary here because it's going to lead into my talking point later on where I feel this episode, in my opinion, and with all of my biases and my history weighing down on that, so do take this all of a pinch of salt, folks. This is where I think that this episode really does reveal yesterday is falling into that pitfall I've discussed before where it's all about Rico, even though this ostensibly is Haru's episode. And I will explain why later. But, okay, let's talk this out. So, for context, what happens is that Rico gets sick uh, from being out in the rain with Haru in the early part of the episode. And as a result of that, uh, Shinako finds out, through means of which I'm, I don't think are actually really expressly shown in the episode. She mentions that... Um, was it Fukoda? Um yeah, Fukoda, I think mm-hmm. it was. Like, told her, but how Fukoda knew about that, I have no idea. <laughs> say? Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. I'm assuming this is very <laughs> abridged from the manga, and it's it's only, uh-huh. like, you know, it's mild cases. Who gives, really gives a shit? Anyway, uh, so Shinako comes around and gives him some food. Uh, and then subsequently, Shinako gets sick. And, you know, between this and the episode in Azekin where Kanamori gets sick, I'm just like, this is the worst fucking time to release any of this kind of content. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <cold. laughs> Yeah, I will make no social distancing jokes or anything like that. It's, I can't make really make live. I'm just like, Jesus no, Christ. I, no. It's unfortunate right. that this has to happen. Um, so Shinako gets sick in turn, and Rico finds out by ringing her and asking, hey, can I give your containers back? And she's My sick. So, My apologies. <laughs> and I'm turning the she, ringer down now. <laughs> I didn't even hear that, to be honest. <laughs> oh, good. Well, phew, sorry about that, then. Sorry for even mentioning you, Well, in, well in, that, in that case, folks, you can just imagine whatever ringtone you want, Doc has. It could be the My Little Pony intro. Who cares? Right, anyway. <laughs> just imagine the Dragon Quest victory jingle. That's what it is. No, a Dragon Force song. There we go. Quest. Dragon Quest. No, uh, uh, no <laughs> I'm still saying Dragon Force. I, uh, you just made me think of that when you said Dragon Quest. I'm just, I'm just uh, trying to ruin you, basically. That, that sorry, man. bad. Yeah, okay. Please continue. All right, we'll get through the fire and the flames in this anyway. <clears throat> uh, so, so uh, yeah, Shinako's sick, so Rico goes over to take care of her, makes some food, etc., etc. Now, this, by the way, is the day before he has agreed to go see a movie with Haru, who has got tickets for him. So, like, she's not, it's not just a case of, oh, let's go. Like, oh, um, I have actually got tickets to the both of us. Would you please come with me? And this is me here, like, you know, going, wow, uh, this hits close. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a fucking bunch, show. Um, but anyway. <clears throat> well, the tickets uh, so, did kind of fall into her lap. She was gifted them by someone else. You know. That's exactly what happened with me. Oof. Oof. Do you, uh, this was always That's right. about no, the I remember. Festival. I remember now. You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. So. Um, <laughs> God. Yes. So. Um, what happens is that... Again, this is a bridge. I'm assuming that Rico fell asleep. Um, the episode makes a good emphasis, by the way, on showing time frames, like people looking at watches, clocks and such. So from my memory, he it was like five o'clock in the morning when he finally, like, Shinako finally fell asleep. And they were meeting at 11. That same morning, that is, to go yeah. watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what then happens is, of course, that Rico falls asleep, completely misses the date, 
uh, we'll call it Dix, that's really what it is. It was, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, he only ends up leaving Shinarko's place at around half two, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Shinarko herself has actually left at this point, having left a, a key and a note, and in a small but nice touch, I also think she actually put his jacket over his shoulders when he was asleep. Yeah. I can't see him doing that himself, so I thought that was a nice touch. They didn't, they didn't even show her doing that, but I thought that was pretty cute. Um, and so, okay, he misses it, and then that leads into the subsequent drama of them arguing, etc. Alright. What I want to get on the table right now, in order to get to my later talking point, is to what degree is Rico like, culpable for what's happened? Because, in all fairness to him, his intentions were pure. I mean, the optics of it are atrocious. They're shit. There's no way of, like... Like, if you... Even when he says it to her, like, as honestly as he can, to Haru, that is, oh, I, sh- I was at Shinako's apartment to look after her because she was unwell. Doesn't Dumb! Matter, that's the truth. Doesn't... Dumb! Very stupid. Is... Well, here's the thing. The alternative was lying to her, so I at yeah. least will credit him with telling that. No! But... No! It's, like, telling her that he could have even just left the name out. He could have just said, I was taking care of a sick friend, and they didn't fall asleep till early this morning, and then I accidentally put... Didn't have to mention Shinako at all. In fact, Haru says, you should have told me a white lie, haven't you? Don't you have any consideration for how I feel? Like, there are times when it's actually best to fudge the truth when... It's just going to hurt someone being entirely honest in that way. That's that's all well, it will do. And it's not going okay. to... Su- telling the truth is not... Who who benefits from that? Well, this is the funny thing, actually. This will tie into my later plot, uh, talking point. Um, because, again, I'm speaking very much from my own experience where that is what I actually would want. I would want the truth. But I would want the truth so that way I could take a course of action that Haru does not ultimately take in this episode. This again is but, where my personal biases. But consider biases her circumstances, really, right? Re- but yes, but this is where my I again must stress, Doc, and people listening. I am talking from an incredibly biased, incredibly bitter perspective here. So that's why my views will probably differ very much to the point where, as far as I'm concerned, at this point the show should be over. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. So here's the thing, right? I actually think the show also does a good job in saying up that Rico is really fucked up here in one subtle way. Because you'll note that the events kind of mirror like or, uh, each other in terms of Shinako comes to look after him and he comes to look after her. But what does Shinako do once she's given him the food? She leaves. She's gone. And she wasn't even under the burden that we know of of an appointment with someone else the following day. She did what, in my opinion, was the right thing, which is, okay... You look reasonably all right. I've given you some food. You take care. Now, I'll grant you that there are still her own feelings mixed up in that, so that might be also why she left rather than staying. Yeah. But the template for doing things right, at least in this circumstance, is established in the very same episode, in my opinion. So, to my mind, what Rico should have done... I'm not saying he shouldn't have gone around there, period. I'm saying, in my view, he should have gone there... Like, said, hi, how you doing? Stayed for maybe 10, 15 minutes, because she clearly wasn't incapable of looking after herself. Um, And then went on his way. And then went back home, went to sleep, got up, went to the movie. Great. Got to watch some kaiju beat the shit out of each other. Rubber-suited dudes, like, you know, great, wonderful. But he didn't do that. He stayed. And and that's his fuck-up, in my opinion. So, are you in agreement with, with me, Doc, that basically... Rikuo, like, for all his best of intentions, he shouldn't have stayed at Shinarko's, period. Regardless if he had Haru's number or not, or anything like that. 
I'm not. Uh, I think the original sin was agreeing to go on a date in the first place with this person who you know has feelings for you and you should not be leading on. Should have said, should, I don't care. I mean, look, I'm a big kaiju fan myself. I would not have said, <laughs> I would not have gone to the movie with her. That was, that was where, that was the, um, the fuck up. Now, that doesn't mean, well, look, see see what you get, Haru, like for this bad, that's not what I mean. I just mean that's the, or, the bad choice that's the bad choice staying to make sure uh this uh woman who you're friends with you've known for a long time like gets over her fever like uh, you know i'm i'm good with it i feel like that's a very kind thing to do um and I think that he still probably, you know, like ought to, he still like, once you keep the appointment though, like, or once you make the appointment rather to go to this movie, um, you, you know, you've got to keep it, you know, that's falling asleep. You know, you, you have to, I don't think, um, what am I trying to say? I don't think staying and taking care of your friend is bad. It is not. Um, but as a responsible adult person, you have to, understand like okay i have this other thing to do later so i should either contact her and cancel or i should get my shit together do this here and then go keep the other one like if i'm gonna make the choice to take care of her yes i have to do both right like so yes you have to just kind of manage manage your life and we don't i mean you know i'm a no, I'm not one to sit here and tell people like and preach at people. I mean, I fuck up in this way all the time. Like I, um, you know, managing managing my life. Uh, I'm better at it than I used to be, but um, you know, I'm not perfect. Uh, I miss with people. I miscommunicate, miss appointments. Um, sometimes am not uh available when I should be, or like not communicative in a timely manner so i get it um but i think where i find the biggest fault with Rikuo, apart from accepting the date in the first place is like and i can i definitely see i think where you will have a huge problem with this like the fact that um really haru is the one who later in the episode kind of carries the emotional burden of reconnecting yep. them and like yep. rebridging their relationship. Yeah. Mending the fence. Um, I don't think the show this, is saying th- this. I don't think this is the message of the show. I don't think the show is saying thumbs up here. I think this is just like their personalities. This is just the characters in the sandbox of this world doing as they do. I think the protagonist clearly wants to make up but he just shit at it he sucks so bad the conversation the conversation he has with haru when she's caught the traffic lights and i was just like and he says hey how you doing i i literally <laughs> want to throw my monitor so the wall. bad like, you you are so useless <laughs> you do not deserve you do not deserve to know the touch of a woman for the rest of your days you useless <laughs> cockstain oh Honestly. he's so bad and like this girl i mean Ah, that's just poor young woman. Like, just 
with this like blubbering idiot standing there, like does all the hard work for him of reconnecting them and putting this behind them. And, you know, I, he, I do think he realizes how bad he hurt her when he saw her cry outside the movie theater and he was expecting her to come back to the store. And when she didn't, it bummed him out because he wanted to see her. He wanted to talk to her and try to make up with her, but like, God, he just sucks so bad, and he needs to. I've, I don't know. I've, he should do I more. Wish there was, <laughs> the thing is, I wish there was much more evidence of that in the show. Like the most we really see of him, like after the event, is at the store briefly. And well, did you it. see like, when majority... she was? Did you see when the tear, like when he caught her crying, he gasped and his eyes, while like the look in his eye was like, "Oh shit!" I'm talking. That's why I said after the event, Doc. That's the event. I meant as in like afterwards. The rest of the episode is mostly Haru's like talking to her manager, for example, or from her perspective, and we only really see Riku. In fact, we don't even get any in the monologue from Riku after that moment. Oh, no, no, no. I understand what you said. I guess I just mean, I thought the reason that you wanted to see more of him after the event was to see how sorry he was. And what I'm what I'm saying is, in that moment, I think you could tell how sorry he was. Okay. Is there another reason then... you'd want to see more of him after the event? Because, as you said, though, the emotional burden is on Haru. So shouldn't the episode spend more time either balancing that out or putting the weight on him, the the one who's fucks up, doing that? I'm confused about what you mean. <sighs> right. Okay. What I'm trying to say is like you've agreed with me that the emotional burden is on Harry to do the reconnection, which I have to say, as much as that is the as you say the characters' personalities and such, they're still crafted by human hands here. You know, like that just because that's the way it is doesn't mean that's the way it should be written. I mean. To put my cards on the table here, were I in Haru's shoes, I wouldn't talk to him again. And by my mind, that means the show's done. And again, this is from my own experiences here. You know, I've been through a fair bit of crap with this kind of stuff. So my bullshit tolerance is gone for this kind of stuff. It is out of the window. I'm done with it. So in her shoes, I'd be like, well, fuck you very much. See you in the next life. Um, And she hasn't had all those experiences, though. And she's deeply in love with this guy and, and... is vulnerable and like wants this to work so bad she's willing to eat it and again i don't think the show is saying this is right or good this is like this is who who haru is and i don't think it's anything i mean it's like you say all the time like it's 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 not wrong for a story to explore these flawed concepts and these uh flawed characters making bad decisions i mean we knew this was going to be a show about these people who all are imperfect who have all failed who have all have all these hang-ups needing each other trying to use each other and hurting each other okay so i'll hold you sat there because i want to see how the rest of the show progresses because if it ends up like repeating this over and over again that Rico doesn't have to fucking get his gaming gear then I'm gonna hate this show with a fiery passion mm-hmm. yeah I mean like, I guess it depends on the aim of the show right I'm like should he I mean yes I mean I think it's clear for all to see who are watching the show that he should but I mean I don't know like sometimes life is just is will not force will not grab people by the collar and force them to grow up. At least not Sad. in a timely fashion. Mm. And that sucks. It's awful. 
and it it hurts and uh i have deep sympathy for you and haru in this episode and again i just think he fucked like he just should not have gone on this date with her uh at all i think god he had like what is he doing like what is what are you doing rikuo in that moment um mm-hmm. unbelievable unbelievable just so i feel like is super emotionally irresponsible and which he is but it's still maddening when you're watching right for him to to do that to her because even if the if the date goes successfully it's still bad he's still leading on a woman who he has no intention whatsoever of being with and is well, way too young for him yeah. way too young for him <laughs> but she's still doing the end of the episode like he needs to I understand, like, his thing, like, I'm not trying to put Haru entirely off the hook here, much as I wouldn't put myself off the hook either. I'm not anyone special or sacred in this regard. Like, in going too hard in on this kind of thing. I'm not going to do that. But if that is legitimately how he feels, that, hey, I don't want anything to do with her in that way, then he should literally just say that. But, okay, I suppose the art car arguments, that would then be, well, same as with everything else. Like, you know, characters fuck up and make So... I'm going to put a pin in all that for us as this show goes along and see what message it's trying to get across. But I really don't feel like I'd be into the idea of this show making it all about Shinako and Haru chasing after this prick um, and him ha- neither growing nor learning nor just even being like properly honest with them about how he feels. Like If the emotional mm-hmm. burden continues to be weighted heavily in the favour of those two doing like all of the heavy lifting, like... That to me suggests the show is then endorsing that, and mm. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I mean, again, I understand like you know that Haru, like, and even from episode one, clearly has no understanding of personal space boundaries or just generally you know like the signals of he ain't into you, and that's something she needs to learn as well. She's just so but, young. <laughs> She's so young. Well, there's that. There's that, and there's there's backstory that we have been hinted at that I yeah. also think uh, yeah. will come soon enough. But, oh boy, like, I I really, really don't want to get to the point where I watch more of this show and think to myself, like, wow, <laughs> it's great to see that this show is all about these two women, like, laboring after this complete and utter dead weight of a man. Like, <laughs> well, I, I would uh, hate that. I would, <laughs> I, would ha- I would hate that. Stuff. I know. And the thing is, it hasn't given me any reassurances thus far that it isn't about that, especially with this episode. Again, I grant you, we are only on episode three, so we will see, but... With well, all he's... my biases and like and like backstory behind me, like I'm just like. Well, I don't think Shinako's chasing after him. I don't think that's happened. I think he's been the one pining after her and trying to do things. Like she does say it was a mistake, though. Something to that effect, though, doesn't she? Like the, her her own emotions are a little bit murky on that. Still, in my opinion, even based on what we see in this episode. Oh no, I think she will. Yeah, I think she will turn around. I'm just saying the show has thus far like we we have seen him chase after her and her push him away um to some degree too i mean i think they're like i don't want this to turn into tenshi moyo either um and and not not be a comedy like a sad version of tenshi moyo said in the night like that would suck Um, makes me more like golden boy oh well I, i i've never seen golden boy so that unfortunately that is a reference that I so what what is Golden Boy like? 
uh, is basically a comedy about the titular golden boy who just gets with all the women. And it's legitimately funny. So, oh, anyway. Then it has that going for it over Tenshi, uh, at least. Well, the, there you go. As then. much as I... As, as fun... I have fondness for certain aspects of that show, but it, it was not... The core concept is bad, and uh, I think it's just also played out in, in a lot of ways. But no, I think... Uh, I... I'm hopeful it won't be that, or at least it will try not to be. Like, we'll, we'll see eventually, like, if its efforts um, are in vain or not there, and kind of how things play out. Um, yep. And it, in terms I, I, of, I, like, I, him, in terms of Requo changing. Because I yep. think that's what you'd I like mean, to see. Well, it's that, and also the show putting more emphasis on him doing it. Because, again, this. As much as you say, like, it's about, like, this is the character's personality, like, they are written by someone. Like, all this is aimed in a certain direction, crafted by someone. Well, of course, so they have yeah. deli- so, th- so they've deliberately made it so that Haru's the one responsible for doing all this, like, mm-hmm. you know, reconnecting stuff. Yes. But what's, in this what's case. the goal of that? Well, we're... What's the goal of that? We'll find out. Yeah, well, I mean, we're partway through the story, and characters often have to fall before they can rise and these are real world personalities that are deeply flawed and like you said i mean we'll see how their arc goes i i think in my opinion again i'm repeating myself here but i think most people who watch the show it's it's very clear to me that like it's really easy to read here that Requo is in the wrong for many reasons but definitely at the traffic light too you know like he he did not do as much as he ought to have done I think it's very clear uh but yeah no we'll see I think I think the show depending on what comes after we could look back at this moment and read it differently with added context and it could be much more of a negative uh depending on kind of the patterns the play out I, and like I, you said what what happens going forward um i will readily i will readily say if i prove i'm wrong i'll be the first to admit it and i'll be the first to be smiling about it because otherwise i am enjoying yesterday but i just wish it was more apparent at this point that it wasn't falling into that trap that i mentioned at the very start um of this podcast series where it is literally two girls, one guy, and who's doing all of the heavy lifting to make the guy happy? It's two girls. One um, of them. Well, one of them more so than the other, certainly. Um, yeah. The other the one's pipe, hanging pipe... around, you're right. <laughs> Shinako's, Shinako's hanging around. She'll... Yeah. She she will be... She will start doing her own... Yes, I agree with you that she will start doing that. The pie chart is very disjointed, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, okay, so that's my stuff on the table. Indeed, I've actually now probably got my ending talking point out of the way as it already is. But uh, let's move on in that case to our patron questions. Okay. So, first one comes from Aness, uh, who's actually given us two questions this week. Thank uh, you, Aness. What do you think... Thank you. What do you think of Haru's interesting character quirk with her having the most bravado out of the three, but also lying to herself in a way? Well, we've kind of discussed the bravado element already, I'd think. Um... But with regards to the lying herself, with herself, that's 
about her non-committal nature, like, and I can actually kind of understand that in a sense, even though I think that it obviously is much more healthy to like have something much more concrete. I mean, that's the thing we've seen before with Recro. That's where the two of them actually have a lot of common ground, um, which is that hey, I get to see Recro at the convenience store, and I know he works there on certain days, and I you know can go there and see him, and I don't give him my phone number, I don't tell him much about me. That's a very safe way of enacting like a relationship, and I'm not talking a romantic. I'm just talking a relationship in general, mm-hmm, like a friendship mm-hmm. even. Um, so. I can kind of get behind that, like especially if you don't if you don't feel like you know you want to gamble taking things to the next level, and that's not even again necessarily in a, a romantic level. It can just be simply getting more info out of someone, like especially if you're very nervous. Now that's not Haru's problem, of course, but so I like she said to us uh, the, the lines that she says actually, which are when she's driving uh, delivery down. Um, following a couple of days afterwards which goes something to my memory like um, I said I had no expectations of him but I was deceiving myself mm-hmm. yeah that hit me right in the she feels right betrayed the, uh, <laughs> uh, I felt something alright when I, I was like yep thanks a bunch for that show keep pointing the daggers in my heart like it's a game of pop up pirate thanks a bunch <laughs> at um, least it understands how you feel and it's not uh, it's not being like oh well <laughs> You got stood up. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, Although I'm disappointed that uh, Haru didn't run over Rico's foot on her moped. That would have been a very <laughs> welcome scene. Oh my god. But yeah, um, the thing is, like, I, I can totally see how people who are extroverted or confident in a certain way can often kind of overcompensate. Like, yeah. indeed, Haru's bravado, like, bravado itself is, a, you know comes from bravery like it's a similar word to that similar meaning and part of me then wonders if her you know going so far as to try and like woo Rico by doing all the things that she does like that itself is just an act it's not how she would normally act. like if you could imagine say transplanting Haru into a different place and she met someone else who she'd never known before and she got in she got romantically interested I still think that she would be acting the same way towards this imagined person as she is towards Riku. Um, I think that she is massively overcompensating and overdoing it. Trying too hard, if you want to call it that. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And I think that's a... I, I think, I mean, hell, I dated a girl once who was very much like that, unfortunately. Um, to the point where... Um, God, like... Even after I said I wasn't going to date her anymore, she was still ringing me up like early early morning, like to say, "Hey, do you want to go for a drink or do you want to go for something to eat?" And I eventually had to say to her straight to her face up over the phone that was at the time she called me at like eight o'clock or something, daft like that. No, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I, I'm not into you in that way. Like I, I've tried to make it clear, but I can't do that. So people do do that. Like they, they are. And I think what I want to see now is what ultimately has brought this on Haru to make her feel that way. Now, I had speculated that it was something to do with her history working at this club. But what's interesting is we do actually see her at her workplace and beyond maybe the mildly demeaning nature of her her wearing that of that maid uniform, like the milk hall. It's a nice place. It's a cozy little bar run by a nice lady. I think... Oh, I unquestionably. Um, I just wanted you to. I want to make sure you were finished with your point before I started. Uh, before I answered the question. 
Well, fire away, lad, fire away. So, yeah, I mean, I think, like, it's very clear, I mean, from almost the first moment we see Haru and start to hear her talk and things like that, that, like, she has kind of constructed her own reality in some ways for her to live in day to day. I think she's aware of, you know, the darker stuff that's going on in her own life, but I think she just wants to ignore it. And so she's kind of got a fantasy land that she's living in. You know, the whole thing Mm. about like, I'm going to meet a new character and, oh, I can't tell you anything more. It would ruin the mysterious Haru. And, oh, look at me. I have crows and I wear this trench coat. Isn't it so cool? Like, um, yeah, it feels like she is, has bravado, you know, false bravado, I think, overcompensating, as you said, for some of the depressing realities of her life um, by, like, presenting herself to people in this way. Like, I think she would present herself to anyone, any potential romantic interest or whatever in this way because this is just how she lives her life. Like, to, I think, make herself happy to get through it. You know, the re- I think the reason we all th- sort of assumed things about the bar was the way she talked about it. And she wants to project a certain image. But mm. the bar is just a regular old cafe during the day when she yeah. works there. Serve alcohol I mean, at two... night after she, she yeah. leaves. <laughs> so I mean, there's, there's two possibilities from this. Either A, uh, the bar that she referred to all the times that she referred to previously um, were like a different place entirely yeah in the past or alternatively and it's not entirely outside the, the realm of possibility that never happened also could it's be a fiction that she's that she's spun yeah. um in order to i don't know engender uh, sorry engender sympathy towards her who can say uh i could see both of them being true mm-hmm. likelihood is it's probably just that there was literally something that happened um but we'll see. Um, neither of them are outside the realm's possibility. But yeah, um, overall, Ness, like I think that her behavior, like again, not to get her off the hook here, like she shouldn't be doing any of the stuff she's been doing. Like she's she was recognized firstly for her own benefit, and then also for Rico's. He ain't that into you, girl. I'm sorry, he ain't. Yeah. But I, I again speak from my own experience here. I've known people who do that. I've dated him. It's not unrealistic. Sadly. No, it's not. And it's why, not. why I would be curious now is just to see what the actual... And the funny thing is, bear in mind that the stuff that yesterday is emphasized about memory, um, and particularly though there was a flashback with a much younger Haru in this episode. Yeah. Uh, which in itself, by the way, really, really nice use of color palette and like uh, almost like felt very cloudy in look. And I'm not saying like as in like actual clouds, like it felt very dreamlike and then very uh, picturesque. Like did. a happy a happier time certainly just communicate from the color palette and the way it was animated which was really really cool although i will say this like if if you want to you know use the old trick of hey they don't wear glasses anymore that means they've you know gone edgy <laughs> mm, retire that possibly it's just, it, that's not really a big thing but like well this is again, i feel like that's be... just that's exactly what she would think again because she is tuning's not the right word but she's something adjacent to that I think yeah. like, she wants to project that image. And seeing the dreamlike sequence made me all think, what, you know, is is the reason she's into Rico because he reminds her of her dad? 
Ooh, now that's a thought. Because you just look at like the dad. Well, I mean, a, we assume a, that's her a, birth a use, father in that. A useless that deadbeat wanker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just wow. physically appearing like him, and maybe like maybe in that moment they crossed paths before he was caring to her in a way that reminded her of of him, and and he's clearly out of the picture now and has been for a, a bit, even though like she still has. I think it's his last name. I mean, that's why I think she asked her mom, "Do you mind I had this name?" She says, no, it suits you. And I, the thing I'm wondering about that we'll probably get three episodes or not, you know, a handful of episodes from now. I kind of dreading in some ways, honestly. Like, so Uh-oh. when when she and her mom are talking about the new the new character, right? The new person dating her mom. Um, she's like, at least oh, at least he's not like, dude. yeah, at least he's not like uh, the what did she say? Like the TV personality the or ma- the, inter- the mass the mass media personality yeah oh and she's like why do you keep bringing it up that was five years ago what oh what i dread to think about what could have happened i, I yep. absolutely just am horrified that what what it could be i hope yeah, it's, I hope it's not anything bad <laughs> oh boy well, that's gonna be fun when we get to that all right so next question this also comes from ines uh how do you feel about the possibility of Haru being the most proactive character in the story so far, yet with her more naive teenager and defensive mechanisms in place? I think that these two are actually the results of each other, if you follow. Like, I can speak for myself here in that, like, after, you know, so many bad experiences, you feel worn down to the point where you don't try as much. And that's not a good thing, by the way. Like, being reticent or becoming more inward or, you know, turtling away that's that's not good yeah that's not a good thing like you know being worn down to the point where you don't want to try anymore like the moment you stop trying of course is the moment that you don't succeed period like there is no guarantee there is no success no chance of it whatsoever um so on the flip side of it though like because she is that young as you say like i think her proactiveness in part is because she hasn't had the experiences that i know of just thus far at least in terms of dating someone or trying to you know romance someone of failure which would make someone more reticent over time so i think that these two things are actually the products of each other in a kind of way Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no i i i agree i feel that i mean i uh i don't know if i have anything more to add um i'm i'm good with it uh i i would in the next couple of episodes like to see the other characters you know get the ball rolling themselves as it were um so yeah i'm with you i mean by contrast like shinako being guarded and all that i can get that in turn because of her own history um so yeah it all it all makes sense here like the, the behavior in all of these episodes like as much as i find the framing of it and the intent of it a bit questionable like none of it is outside the realm's possibility or plausibility like i can i've no people who've acted like this unfortunately so kudos to the show for being authentic in that respect like that's no small thing i mean even as much as like you know you and i like said that rico was a complete waste of oxygen for the way he talks to haru like you know when she was caught at the lights that i am sure like tons of people have done that I've probably done it. Let's let's not make myself like out to be anyone special here. Oh when God! All they've managed, whatever I've managed to say is like, but, but, but how how you doing? I hope you're okay. Oh, is that coffee? That smells good. Oh yeah. Like no, 
It, I that, have that is all very offensive. Uh, man, I I have had I, I have had to break up with people before, and I'm sure I've been worse than him. Like, just I was so young and didn't I had did not have much experience in breaking up with people and people's emotions in general and life experience. Just fucking probably really made a mess of it and and so i think that's why like in spite of the fact that i think he um was in the wrong to do the date and he should not have allowed haru to be the one to mend fences um i i I can't say i have zero sympathy for him because there was enough shown to me personally in the episode um where you just i i felt like i understood that he was really sorry and he felt terrible and that he wanted to do something and th- at least there was that if there was not that kind of uh, if that was not a part of his inner life i think he would just be a bad person but it feels like he's not a terrible person at least here he just can't go from the things he knows he ought to do to executing those in a satisfactory way yeah and much of that like you know even as much even as we've said that haru is young like he's still young i probably would have done similar stupid shit at his age to be quite honest like this is the thing about talking about yesterday that is difficult in that it inspires like emotions for us and reactions like it got a very visceral reaction out of me as you are all more than aware now um and we bring our own experiences and such to it we don't watch stuff in a vacuum no how i felt about yesterday like you know uh rico's age like if i watched it then like let's say like i just suddenly de-aged somehow or something like that and watched <laughs> it with the experience i had when i was 23 versus what i am now like i again would probably feel differently about it it it's tough your mileage is going to vary on this i mean heck just even to put it out there we're two guys speaking about this right like what do women think about it? it's like heck if we to those of you listening like if you are if you are a lady or heck doesn't mean man like just off your fit or parts off your thoughts to us about this like do you feel like the show is doing itself like okay in terms of hey it's not trying to posit the message that it's okay for like men like Rico to not really try because the women will do all the work or the other, the other people do all the work. Like, let me know. Like, don't rely on just our perspectives here. Cause even though me and doc like have very different experiences in our past, like even more frequently or sorry, more recently, um, you know, that doesn't mean that we're comprehensive on it. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, if you could chime in on that, I would definitely appreciate it, just to get some more uh, sampling of the, uh, of the mood on it take the pulse of it question right, for you so oh question for you um because the way you put something made me want to ask you do you think Rico didn't try when it came to kind of mending fences and, and making up and kind of uh healing the relationship do you think what what was shown in the episode was him not trying or him trying and failing extremely hard. <laughs> I would go with the latter, the but f- do you think he didn't try? 
to, to me, I don't feel there's like a lot of distinction between the two. <laughs> but I, I mean, mean, well, here's here's the dis- because to me, we see we see that he is regretful and remorseful and sorry, and we see him run up to her because he wants to talk to her and he wants to do something to bring them back together and communicate to her how how sorry he is. He just it fails at that. So and you know what the other character knows and experiences is different from what we the audience experience. Um but as an audience person who took in all that stuff again I don't think I would not call what he did not trying. I think he tried and failed because he's very. Well, the thing very is, the the, op- the opportunity for him to do so fell into his lap, and you might argue he that, tried. Well, well, what else was he supposed to do? Like he couldn't obviously call her or ring her, like cause he didn't know a number or anything. But that again ties back to the very thing I said at the start, which is like this is a situation which is not strictly speaking relevant to us living in the modern era because we have many different means that didn't exist back then but we've already covered this ground and but just imagine is, again imagine that it's modern day but he doesn't have her phone number well again like i mentioned this is why i think that i would have liked to have seen more scenes of him or even some inner monologue from him just getting that across rather than just happening literally in the minute or two after she starts breaking down in tears like you know outside his apartment i assume it was his apartment by the way um no that was at the outside the movie theater when they or no no no, no you're no, right no, they... no you're right it was outside his apartment you're correct because she was worried that something happened to him so she went there you're yes. right yes yes so i that's why i'm saying i wanted to see at least one or two scenes of him doing that you wanted him to suffer just... <laughs> you wanted to watch him suffer <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> well, Be... just like just like to have him like to have like a two second to say because she's like i fucked up but i have no means of getting hold of her what do i do and he's just like, well, next time you see a make up for it, that's all I wanted. Do we do we get inner? Have we had inner monologue in the show before? I can't remember. Yes, numerous times. Okay, like we've had it from Haru in this very episode. I don't remember it. Did we have it this episode? My memory is so terrible. When she was on the when she was on the um, moped. Oh fuck! You're right. You're so right. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it would have been good. I guess. Like again. I just didn't feel like, um, not to say it would have been unsubtle or ham-fisted to do that, but I just thought, like, seeing how he acted at the store and how he kind of lit up when he saw her, and again, in, in the moment how he reacted, I think it was all cumulative enough for me to just be like, this this guy feels terrible and wants to do something to make things right. Like, well, like at the store too, not just in the in the after, like in the in the event itself, but like in the afters. Like he he's wait clearly waiting for her to show up because he wanted to talk to her. He was so downcast when he shifted in and she hadn't come. Like you could just read the body language, or at least I felt I could, and the expression on his face was so gloomy and sad. Um, and mm-hmm. the fact that like it was juxtaposed with the scenes prior. Of, of him seeing her be so sad like and to me it all kind of added up to be enough but could i but do i say like I, I, uh, but it's like I, it's like i said though like i'm coming to this from my own experiences and 
yeah, that does bleed through to the point where I wish we'd see more of that because yeah, there, that's what I was some, yeah. It, it would not have been bad if that had happened. I could I wouldn't fault the show if they did that. So yeah, no, I I totally see where you're coming from. Um, mm-hmm. so do you have? Okay. Are there other points to go over? We well, we have more questions. Oh uh, goodness, okay. We have one more. This comes from Kate Rose. Uh, what did you think of Rico's action this ep- actions this episode? Was he fair in his efforts slash words to Haru? We, I think we pretty comprehensively yeah. covered this. So I will keep this short and say that I think he fucking sucks at this. And the problem is, is that I don't want the show to be either tacitly or like through undertones or undercurrents, or whatever, endorsing him being shit it because it's okay. The girl saw it. Or hell, let's take gender out of this. The yeah, that doesn't party matter. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. The wronged party will sort it. Exactly. Because as someone who's broken his fucking back over doing that way too many times, even in recent months, like I don't want to watch a show that will even hint that that's the possibility. But again, I'm coming at that as someone who's bitter and jaded in that particular respect. Your mileage will vary. Uh, well, yeah, we like you said, we've been over this ground. Uh, I don't think it was fair. I think too much of the burden fell on her. And while I don't think the show, you could fairly say right now that the show is giving the thumbs up to that, um, that whole event, you know, um, I I think he, in an ideal world, he would have absolutely done more. Um, he, he, he fucked up there too, you know, just, but, and, and, you know, I talked about like, oh, he tried, he tried, at least he tried before. And that makes a difference in terms of whether you're a complete dirtbag or not. But like it, but you could still try and fail and that can hurt someone. And I think, yeah. you know, I think poor Haru could have suffered um, a lot of damage because of what happened. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as, as should... good intentioned as he might be at different times, I think. It's and that and that's the really the saddest part of it all to me. Yeah, polish a turd all you want. It is still a turd, I'm afraid. So, yeah. Right. Well, that brings us to the end of the patron questions. So, thank you very much. Uh, thank you everyone for throwing those in. Um, if you do want to ask a question of us about either yesterday or even listeners as we go along week by week, uh, feel free to check our Patreon at patreoncom forward show. Get yourself on the free dollar tier or higher, and you can get yourself involved in that. Ask us anything you want. Heck, you could ask as you like if we would have a crow on our shoulder as a pet. <laughs> I totally would. I'd, I would I'd, too. I'd use it to do. Fi- I'd use it to do things for me in the way that you'd have it, like as a video game character, where it can fetch you items. They are incredibly smart, so I would love to have one domesticated. I am surprised that Harrow didn't get the crow to peck Rico's eyeball. Out. <laughs> yes. I also would have been okay with that. <laughs> you scene. cost one finger. <laughs> yeah. Give my eyeball back! No. <laughs> Oh, uh, because that's what. You what mean. did you think of? Right. Um, what did you? What did you think of Ruo Ru coming into Haru's orbit this episode? I have been wondering if those two would make it into the same universe, and I'm definitely intrigued. Hmm. I think that for her, like, he's simply utilitarian, like, in a sense of, you know, getting more information about Rico in the past and all that. And indeed, using, you know, like, probing as, as a rival, like, that kind of thing, like, so, like what, what I was saying to Rico himself. I'm going to need more info on, like, their interactions. 
Although amusingly, if there was very far down the line an alternate ending where Haru actually ends up hooking up with him instead, I'd buy that. That's what I mean, shown yeah. To be a, yeah, because he's shown himself to be a kooky individual in his own <laughs> way. Uh, with, his, uh, with his, you know, modern art. Um, <laughs> Freaking pin in his ear. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, I'm on... I'm. I could totally see him making some art piece where it's a urinal peeing on a person instead. <laughs> like, that's subversive. Ah. Um, I, can, I can see that shit. But yeah, he's clearly a quirky individualist. I mean, come on, he's got a paperclip in his ear. So I can see that being a thing. That would be interesting. But we need to get to know Rue more as a person before we can... Uh, yeah. Before we can get really delve into him more. I he didn't even say anything this episode, I don't think. He just stared, he just glared at Haru as, he, as she gave him the coffee. and uh, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice nice job. All the, the men in the show are just so socially adept. <laughs> they are... Well, Kenneshi is great. Like, he's got this down pat. He's the only one, like, with a brain, basically. Well, it's a bad brain because he's freaking pushing Haru and Riku together. No, Kinoshita, okay, stop it. Okay, yeah, that's that's a bad thing, I will admit. Stop it. All right, well, let me let me pitch this thought to you, Doc. Like, if you think that... This is me way possibly overblowing it more than I usually would. But note the sequence of events in this episode. Haru keeps Riku outside. Riku falls ill. Then Riku falling ill is implied to make Shinako fall ill, which causes Riku to go and see her, uh-huh. which then causes him... To miss their date. Yep. And by the way, Kinoshisa also falls ill as well. So it's <laughs> pretty implied, in my opinion, that whatever Rikuo had, again, avoiding the incredibly obvious joke here, which I'm not going to make. please. But, but whatever, he, whatever he had, like, it seems to me like the show is saying it made Shinako sick at the very least, if not her and Kinoshita, which is also implied to be a consequence of him being outside in the cold with Haru. Do you think, and this is reaching, even I admit this is reaching, but I'm posing as a question to try and again flesh this out, this thought that maybe the show is all about Riku being like, you know, the guy that the girls should like be working towards and all that kind of thing. Do you think it's implying in some way that this is Haru's fault because of this chain of events? No. No. Um, because it could have been the the person that uh, Shinako cooked for before she met uh, Rikuo because he was also sick so no mm, okay, i don't think yes that's a possibility I don't, I don't think the 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 virus is anything more than a plot device i don't think it's meant to be like a moral causal agent yeah that's fair i mean if it was even that that'd be the most that'd be the most lame and shitty thing imaginable like not not yeah, since oh, wow. <laughs> not since the 12 plagues of egypt as a virus done the moral heavy lifting in the show so much yeah it's all your fault because you made him stay out in the rain for so long and therefore he got sick and then events cascaded out of your control but you're the root cause harry oh. but yeah i'm that would be um disgusting but i don't i do not believe that's the case i really really hope not although in a perverse kind of way i wouldn't be against it being used as as an argument point later down the line for drama oh because <laughs> I can see, I can see someone saying that like, like, well, it's your fault. I got sick. Like, uh-huh, but sure. then again, like, then again, I'm not sure how much of Rico saying stupid shit I can stomach. To be quite honest, so hey, there we are. But I, I would can be see happy. I would be happy if like sicknesses in general just kind of got left out of 
the plots of our anime for a while. <laughs> you, you know what? Even beyond that, I even beyond what you're referring to there, I actually agree because again, I'm speaking from my experience here, like, and that has gone in the way in the past. But I think that oftentimes like drama is more interesting when it's the direct products of human behavior rather than just being like, well, this this thing happened, this random unforeseeable event happened. Sure, sure. And and grant you that in itself doesn't mean that no, those events can't be interesting and all that, but like the fact that you think that intervened, like, you know, in uh in stopping the state from going ahead was a sickness. Like, it could have been anything at that point, really, but <clears throat> anyway. I am actually all talks out. Like, I think I've basically got the stuff I want to say across, which is that um, I really hope this show doesn't fall into the trap that I mentioned at the very start of this series run, which is, it's okay, girl, you know, it's okay, guys. Like, <laughs> you can fuck up and the girls will do the heavy lifting. I don't want that. And Lord knows that happened in this episode and that was a mistake. Mistakes all around, generally speaking. Like, no one, like, actually did anything right now that I think about it. <laughs> Fuck's I don't know sake. if I don't know if Shinako could be accused of doing anything particularly wrong. No, I suppose she could have been. No, actually, you know what? You're right. I agree. Like she wasn't even to know about the day. Like otherwise, if I would argue in her shoes, he should have said to Rico, "Well, get the fuck out and go home." Um, but it was how was she to know? Like, mm-hmm. if anything, she was actually the most mature of all of them. Like, yeah. not only was she, you know, I mean, the irony is actually very apparent and kind of well executed in its own right in that okay, uh, Riko, like, stayed there and missed his appointment, but Shinako clearly had her own place of work to go mm-hmm. to. So she left him the note and the key to let himself out. Yeah. Again, she's the model for how things should have been conducted in many respects in this episode, which is neat. Um. So, yeah. But no, I, I'm otherwise good on talking points. Do you have anything else you want to duck? Not really. Uh, I don't have any more big points. I, I will be curious to see how Shinako gets... Like, like what the gravity is that pulls her down into, into this fray because, you know, apart from her in episode two saying like, oh, I'm tired of being in love. I want to like get over my grief for my, for my lost love here, move on sort of maybe kind of implying that she wants to get back in the old dating game. Um, uh, I, so that was a very abstract kind of statement. It didn't have anything to do with Riko. I'm very curious again how she'll like, you know, how is she going to be a part of his life again? Like, what circumstances will will bring them together? Because this is a show that needs all three of these characters to to thrive. And I definitely see now how Haru and Riko are kind of embroiled in their emotional complexity but how will shinako get dragged into it um Mm. i'm curious because she seems very like out of his life basically at the moment just very much we're acquaintances dog we're we're good you know here's some chicken soup i did i i i disagree with you there heavily doc like i i think you've got it wrong i think you meant to say doglets not dog oh just right doglets yes i just thought i'd create you on that well, in that case, I suppose we'll round off. Um, but what I will mention here and now is that to go back to what I said at the start, like, I'm coming at this firstly, free cans in. <laughs> ah. I'm not even going to lie about that. But secondly, also with um, a lot of unfortunate experiences of my own. Um, which 
I mean, the, the long and short of it basically is, no matter what media we, we consume, it be it anime, be it books, be it live action, wherever it comes from, however it comes from, like, our experience of consuming and interpreting that media is coloured by our own experiences. So, while I feel very strongly about how Haru really should have reacted, uh, which would, in my in her shoes, my reaction would have been to flip him the bird and then walk out of his life forever. Uh, by which I mean literally throw the crow at him, by the way. <laughs> Not the middle finger. Like, literally throw it at him. Uh, but, um, even like, you know, I can see that people will feel differently. Some people will have more tolerance or more forgiveness than I would have. Heck, ask me again, like, you know, in, say, 12 months' time, you know, how I feel then. Um, hell, we'll give it two years. Like, ask me in two <laughs> years if I have more tolerance. Um, I would probably have, feel more inclined to be more forgiving, you know, of, of something like this, rather than saying, right, well, you had your chance, fuck you very much, laters. Um... So, if you do feel differently than I did, um, or how Doc did, or if, hell, if you didn't agree with either of us at all, um, that's good. I'm glad. All I would ask is that, like, if you are, you know, dealing with, like, dating or relationships and such, like, I'm not saying that what you've currently got is wrong or bad, but it can't hurt sometimes, like, especially looking at stuff like this, like, just to take an evaluation and, you know, and say, hey, you know what? I shouldn't be tolerating this shit. Um, you know, I can do better. Or rather, on the converse side of it, maybe you can say to yourself, like, maybe I should say to myself that I'm too intolerant, you know? I need to have more faith in, you know, other people and be more forgiving and give them more chances. We're all unique in this respect, you know? So, the fact that yesterday got this reaction out of me, I'm not ungrateful for. Um, and... I am just going to hope that it doesn't end up actually endorsing the perspective that I've said before, which is that the girls are going to do all the work, and he's just going to kind of sit on his back and just, you know, play the Archie to Betty and Veronica, basically. Be dirt, be dirt bag, get love. Yeah, I really don't want that. I really don't want that. So, uh, so well, I, I was just going to say, like, I actually didn't... I don't think I got to talk about, like, how I thought, ideally, things ought to have played out, and... Oh. How I would how I would advise people to act in real life, I guess is what I mean. Like and I mean each case is different, right? Like depending on where you are in a relationship with someone and um who they are and just a whole host of factors, like you might give someone another chance who stood you up. But generally speaking, that's I feel like that's a tough one to get over. Uh and you know, I would very much not begrudge Haru if she just... I loved that scene, the way it was directed, by the way, when she was about to hit the throttle, but she pulled off and exhaled and was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to open up, do all this emotional work, and try to commit to this guy. Um, not the decision I would have made uh, or, or told her to make, um, but I, I love that scene. But I would not have I would not have blamed her at all if she just kept on driving. <laughs> but then then we yeah, wouldn't have a show to talk about. Um, well, and I and I get, exactly yeah, <laughs> and I get why she didn't do it. I mean, I thought it was consistent with who she has been presented to be. Um, and again, I don't I don't think Riku is a particularly bad person. Um, uh, 
uh, you know, is he selfish? Yes. Is he, uh, you know, he doesn't have his life together and all that kind of thing. Um, but neither do the, the two ladies either. So I don't know. Um, yeah. The thing uh, is, I like the episode to, mostly, by the way. Just to go back to what you said about him not being a bad person. I agree, but he's also nowhere near good enough. Oh yeah. Like he doesn't have things together. He, if, if he brings someone else into his life, he will bring them into his mess and people will get hurt because, uh, he, is not ready to like carry on like a model kind of healthy stable relationship nope well you know maybe he'll eventually realize his one true love and just you know ask Kinoshisa out on a date (laughs) we can only hope (laughs) <laughs> we can only hope well anyway uh that'll bring us to the end of the podcast then so uh thank you folks very much for listening uh as i say i'd be curious to hear how people felt about how this episode played out and i'm not talking just again in terms of whether or not you agree or disagree of haru's response to requo but more i would also be curious to hear like how you feel about the show's endorsing or like you know um doubt like you know disagreeing with that perspective like that it's okay for Rico to do what he is doing and the girls will sort it out. Um, to what degree or to what extent you agree or disagree with that, like, I'd be very curious to hear. So please do talk to us either on Twitter. You can find us at Warrior Show, or you can find me specifically at Shane1010. Um, you can find Doc at The Sussle Doctor. I saw your line, sorry. Yeah, um, nope, you're good. And if you... And if you join our Patreon, even for just as little as $2 a month, you can get yourself on our Discord to talk about the show week on week. Uh, we've actually got episode four to come up next as the river flows comma 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 because Crunchyroll doesn't want to fill out the entire title thanks oh, a bunch God. for that Crunchyroll I'll actually look it up now uh, as the f- river flows Shinako returns home oh great we're going to get biblical <laughs> wonderful it is, fucking it is brilliant more plagues <laughs> more oh, plagues no. great fantastic I can't really see Rico trying to make two goats go up a wooden ramp oh lovely I can't wait fuck my life it's gonna be great fuck my life but yeah, um, do feel free to check out Patreon. Uh, look forward to hearing more from you all soon. Um, indeed, if you're not even necessarily interested in supporting us financially, that's cool as well. Feel free to just drop us a like or subscribe um, on wherever you may be finding us, be it anchor.fm, uh, Spotify, iTunes, etc. All of that is good stuff. Um, otherwise, we'll be back next week with more yesterday. But, you know, as we're often fond of saying, until next time, folks, uh, embrace everyone to the ends of the universe. Good night. Bring back the brothers.